Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Very Cold Lasagna Podcast, your filthy casual place for all the filthy casual takes on the world of sports. I am your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome back to the Icy Yet Spicy Podcast, episode number 127. And, well, here we are. Um, we had to play a little role reversal um, in this ep- in this show because, well, um, my hectic schedule, which has finally cleared up a bit after a long, long week. But here we are, episode 127, which has now become the 2023 WWE Royal Rumble Review. After a long time for all of you that have been waiting, um, here is the late and out-of-date, super out-of-date Royal Rumble Review. And I've been waiting to talk about this um, since, you know, I've endured a week of hell, you know, going to work um, at a lot of different places and working like like a couple of days straight and long hours. Yeah, I mean, hey, it is what it is. It's work. That's how it's supposed to be. And it's not always supposed to be fun, but I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make that dough. But here we are now. To talk about the 2023 WWE Royal Rumble, um, you know, it's wrestling, it's modern wrestling, so um, I also not only am ex- a little um, excited to talk about some of the positive things that were to come of the show, but also ready to talk about um, some of the really bad and terrible things, so I'm ready to roast that too. So yeah, we haven't talked about wrestling in quite some time, like, you know, because it's modern wrestling. Yeah, we haven't talked about wrestling in quite some time here on Very Cold Lasagna, so I'm definitely at least looking forward to at least talking about it a little, a tad little here on this episode. Um, Obviously, before we do, um, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, Make sure you listen to the Very Cold Lasagna podcast on whichever audio platform that you get your podcasts, where it's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you rate the show um, where you get your podcast and leave a nice uh, however stars you want to uh, leave it on and critique it. Uh, give me feedback. Anything helps uh, to either you know give me a compliment or find a way to make help me make the show better. Um, de- it definitely makes you know it makes the world for me. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you know leave a like, leave a comment. Share each and every episode with your friends, your family, a stranger, anybody, and everybody. And honestly, um, after this episode, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what what's gonna what's to come. Maybe the 49ers season recap uh, episode. Yeah, I'm doing a full full podcast episode for uh, my San Francisco 49ers as we put a bow on their 2022 season with a season recap. Yes. We're doing a dedicated season recap episode solely for them because, hey, it's my team. I can do whatever I want with them. Um, and then, obviously, the reluctant Super Bowl 57 preview. I thought about not doing it because, well, I don't care and I don't particularly want any of the teams involved to win because, well, of what they did to my team. In the, in the recent span of years. And, well, because the Eagles practically beat down my 49ers. But, well, we got to do what we got to do here on Very Cold Lasagna and reluctantly cover 
uh, Super Bowl 57. Both previewing it and recapping it. So, you get what you get. <laughs> um, whether it's objectively or subjectively. So, expect that in the next week. And then, I'm not I'm not sure yet if I want to take a break, a little bit of a breather. Because, I don't know, I've just been, like, really killing um, myself in terms of, like, killing my sleep schedule. So, maybe I'll take a little bit of breather after the Super Bowl. Because, well, I mean, there's not really much to look forward to in the offseason. Um, yeah, quite yet, at least in the, the the next month before free agency hits. But we'll see. Um, and then maybe after a week, we'll ramp it back up with the 2022 NFL season recap uh, episodes. Uh, I'm at least excited for that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about all 31 teams. Because remember, um, my San Francisco 49ers were already, were, would have already been covered by then. So, yeah, look forward to that. So anyway, enough rambling. Um, expect so, at least some content within the next week. Um, and as always, uh, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lasagna for updates and random stuff I, I like to talk about. So anyway, that being said, let's talk some wrestling now. Time to talk about some wrestling. Yeah, wrestling I have not watched very sp- uh, sparingly. And that being said, it's time for the Royal Rumble. It was time. Uh, to talk about the Royal Rumble. And going into the show, honestly, I had no expectations. Like, at all. Just pretty much, like, just like Survivor Series, uh, War Games. Just like, uh, what was it? Clash at the Castle, SummerSlam. Pretty much all the pay-per-views within the last year. I had no expectations of what to expect in in this pay-per-view. Sure, it was the, it was the women's. It was the men's Royal Rumble. But I was like, you know, going in, it was just like, where the frick is going to win? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Actually, for the Men's Royal Rumble, like, everyone was heavily touting. And, you know, I was scrolling through Twitter highlights, like I usually do with these wrestling highlights. And one name particularly popped up. And I'm not going to say who yet because, well, I guess you could say it was an American nightmare. But he, this particular nightmare um, was heavily promoted heavily given vignettes about uh, returning for the Royal Rumble. And, yeah, may have, been give, may have been a large indicator that he could possibly win that Royal Rumble. And then, but then, then also, um, you had this storyline still going on with uh, the bloodline, Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. And, uh, you know, even if I wasn't really keen on... On wrestling within the last several months this storyline every time i checked in on it it's still that damn good it's still damn good you know up to this point with Sami Zayn uh and roman's relationship it's it was deteriorating it, it was kind of deteriorating sammy was losing the trust of the head of the table roman reigns roman was getting jealous of sammy's newfound popularity with the fans and yeah, sure, he got the trust of Jey Uso uh, finally at War Games, but it was just like with Roman, he he started to like lose his trust in Sami Zayn, especially with Kevin Owens creeping in the background trying to like you know convince Sami Zayn that oh you sure your buddy buddy you sure you want to live your best life with the bloodline when 
even though we've had our differences, even though I stabbed you in the back, at least I was honest about it. What? Huh, Sammy? Yeah, that's Kevin Owens for you. So, yeah, going to this uh, this matchup between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, I think, well, this was actually one, of, if not the only interesting match on the card. This was the only interesting match on the card because of how everything was structured between the bloodline, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. Like, what was Sami Zayn going to do? And Roman Reigns was going to give him one last test. They had this trial on... <coughs> excuse me. I keep wheezing. They had this trial on Monday night on the 30th anniversary of Raw where um, they were showing all this evidence um, and Paul Heyman, I don't know if he doctored it or maybe he actually put it together, um, where Sami Zayn was like show, was shown as... Um, as a guy that that didn't really do all that much, that was really trying to uh, destroy the bloodline from within, as as a spy um, for Kevin Owens, but then when he was about to get prosecuted by um, Solo Sokoa, Jey Uso saved him, and that bought that bought him some time, saving some time uh, with Roman Reigns, at least until the Royal Rumble. So that was some interest. That was going to be some interesting stuff going to the night. And then obviously, the biggest thing that people were looking forward to as well was a certain electrifying superstar. The most electrifying man in all of professional wrestling, in all of entertainment, was The Rock going to show up at the Royal Rumble on, on that Saturday in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. We were going to get a lot of answers on Saturday night. Who was going to win the Royal Rumbles? Was uh, what was gonna happen with Sami Zayn and the Bloodline? Was the inevitable gonna happen, or somehow, some way, was Sami Zayn gonna stay loyal to the Bloodline, and was The Rock gonna show up um, at the Royal Rumble, whether it was in the Rumble or at some point during the match between Roman and Kevin Owens? A lot. A lot of things to talk about as we go along with this review. So, going in, going into this Men's Royal Rumble, which kicks off the show, which kind of tells you um, what exactly WWE has planned throughout the night um, in terms of where they're, what they what they have um, with for the main event. And hint, hint. <laughs> at least that, at least what I thought. You know that that's that's a reason why they put on the men's match first because well. At least give something pe something for people to be excited about at the start of the show, and yeah, typically they don't really start with the men's Royal Rumble match. But hey, I mean it is what it is. So they they kicked it off with uh, Intercontinental Champion Guther, and I think he's been pretty damn uh, good um, in the last couple months. And Sheamus kicking it off at one number one and number two, um, they faced each other at Clash of the Castles in a really damn good match. Um, with really physical, so they they started the match off, and then Drew McIntyre came in at number nine. Um, a lot of storyline for guys, a lot of past and present storylines in this match. Um, and it was actually pretty solid the way they told it. Um, Drew McIntyre entered at number nine, and then he eliminated Karrion Cross. 
um, you know, a little bit of payback from their feud um, back in the fall. And I got, I kind of feel bad for Karrion Cross, man, because well, ever since he came back, he's like, what has he really done? What's Karrion Cross really done? And maybe he's done something in backstage where it's just like he hasn't really lived up to like the past potential when he first was in WWE. Like he hasn't really done anything to say, hey, I can be a like an upper mid card if not a top player in WWE because this carrying cross is just like, man, he just looks like a jobber. He just looks like a jobber. The way he was tossed out like that by Drew, it's just like, man, this is disappointing to see. And then a little bit later in the match, um, Kobe Kingston, I thought he was going to have his usual uh, staple saves where he would make this miraculous um, thing. Like, like usually he would uh, do a handstand or get on the barricade to save himself from elimination. But I think last year he botched his elimination spot and then he did it again for the second straight year. Man, like Kofi Kingston has been having some really bad luck. So what exactly happened was when um, Gunther pushed him um, off the apron and then he tried to land on an office chair, but I guess he spun out of control on the office chair that he crash landed onto the announce table instead. I mean, like, man, that's that's some tough luck, dude. That's that's just that's just a bummer. So that's that sucks for Kofi Kingston. Um, Brock Lesnar came into the match at number twelve, click, quickly eliminated uh, five other wrestlers. Um, I thought that Gunther and Brock Lesnar were gonna go at it. I mean, they did a little bit. But then Brock Lesnar, uh, not Brock Lesnar, uh, Bobby Lashley came out uh, next, quickly eliminated uh, Brock Lesnar, and, and then Lesnar started throwing a temper tantrum and even attacked Baron Corbin, which led to him getting eliminated um, very quickly. So looks like they're going to continue that feud between Lashley and Lesnar. That might be a WrestleMania feud, um, and I think that should be the Hell in a Cell match, not Edge and Finn Balor for as much as like Edge. I think Lashley and Lesnar should be a Hell in a Cell match if they're going to go that route. And then Rey Mysterio was supposed to come out at number 17, but he never came out. Um, and when his son, Dominic, came out um, the next number after, it seemed like he was the one that attacked uh, his father because when he came out, he was wearing his mask. And... Yeah, that got a lot of people pissed off. <laughs> Everyone was booing the crap out of him. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, not really sold on Dominic. The the Bala, you know, Bala's for life. Oh, yeah. Hey, but what's up, what's up, CJ? What's up, CJ? I'm going to bust your ass. I went to prison for a day. Now I'm going to bust your ass. So, yeah, I'm not really sold on uh, Dominic. I mean... It, it, he's approved on his promos. Uh, very so uh, small. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm just not really kind of sold on him yet. But, I will say, at least it's kind of building up towards that WrestleMania match that we're going to see between father and son, finally. I, I mean, hey, they're at least slow. They did slow burn it um, with the holiday stuff, uh, if you saw it on social media, which was actually pretty funny. So hopefully this is the start of where they're going with this uh, father and son feud. Ray finally has enough. He's going to attack his son 
and then they're going to have that match at WrestleMania. So Booker T came out at number 21. Um, I don't know why he um, wanted to do this Rumble match. I mean, I mean, no disrespect, but eh, it was kind of a little slow. And then he was quickly eliminated by Gunther. Then Edge came out number 24. He he went, immediately right went right after the Judgment Day, went eliminated Finn Balor, eliminated Damian Priest, and then when he got to Seth Rollins, you know they when they had that feud back in 2021, and yeah, you all know I marked out when he was in San Jose. Yeah, um, yeah, he got distracted by Seth Rollins, had that stare down that he forgot about Dominic, and then when Dominic tried to eliminate him, which he didn't, Edge got eliminated by um, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. But the, the fight didn't stop there for Edge. He kept fighting uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. But then Rhea Ripley got involved. I'm like, yeah, let's have the uh, the the Geno Smith, Pete Carolesque, Seattle Seahawk uh, get involved. And then, fortunately, Beth Phoenix saved the day. Speared Rhea Ripley out of the Alamo Dome. Um, not, not really, but yeah. So I guess they're heading towards a mixed tag team match between... Uh, Edge and, and Beth Phoenix against Rhea Ripley and whoever is going to be a partner, maybe Dominic. So, uh, Gunther eventually eliminated both uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. And then one of the biggest surprises of the Rumble, Logan Paul. I thought Logan Paul was going to miss WrestleMania. He had that serious uh, leg injury um, at Clash of the Cancel against Roman Reigns. Um, everyone thought it was going to be a torn ACL or something, but um, glad it's not because Logan Paul... Looked like he didn't miss a beat. Um, he still looked that damn good in the ring at the Rumble. He had a crazy spot with Ricochet. Um, yeah, that was like the only good time Ricochet looked that damn good. And then at number 30, um, everyone was not honestly not surprised by it. Um, after months of rehab, after months of after weeks of return promos, at number 30, it was the American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes. So yeah, Cody Rhodes came out, um, final entry of the Royal Rumble, and yeah, after a couple minutes, the final three came down to Cody, Seth Rollins, and Gunther. Um, so Cody and Seth, you know, despite their feud, they went after Gunther. They teamed up, took him down, um, and then they fought each other um, for for a minute or two. But then Seth didn't account for Logan Paul, who never got eliminated, um, and Logan Paul. Ruined Seth Rollins' dreams and eliminated him. So, the problem for Logan Paul, well, he was overconfident, cocky. Maybe he's back to being a heel. Um, and he shortly got eliminated by, by Cody. So, we're down to Gunther and Cody. And, yeah, despite going over an hour, um, Gunther was still able to punish uh, Cody Rhodes with his power. But Rhodes will hit one last crossroads on Guther and toss him out of the ring to win the match and the Royal Rumble. So, yeah. I mean, it was an all right Royal Rumble. I mean, everyone's saying, it's like, oh, this sucked. This is the worst. I mean, I mean, honestly, it was better than that. I guess if I ever want, ever went to watch it, like, I watched little snippets of it, in, but not in full. It wasn't the, like, it was not that, it was not worse than last year. But I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that good either. Um, it was actually wasn't even good. It was just okay. It was just meh because everyone knew uh, who was gonna win. 
like even if had Cody Rhodes um, returned in a surprise. And I honestly, I, th- I should have. Th- I think Cody Rhodes should have returned as a surprise, um, even if he was going to win anyway. Because, yeah, sure, it would that also would have been predictable. But hey, at least it would have garnered a bigger reaction than the one we got on Saturday. Because once everyone knew Cody was going to win, it was just like, yeah, yeah, not like the job, yeah. That would have gotten if he had returned by surprise, you know, you know, like Edge did, like John Cena did. I mean, yeah, Cody Rhodes is not either of those two guys, but hey, imagine the pop he got, would have kind of gotten. But no, it's just like, eh. But I mean, for a casual fan like me, I mean, Cody Rhodes is not a terrible pick to win, but it's just like, I don't know. He, I feel like it's gonna take a little bit more convincing uh, for people like me. Uh, for for him to be a believable challenger in the, the eyes of these fan, uh, fans like me to be someone that can beat Roman Reigns um, in the main event of the show-closing match for WrestleMania, like overall. Because, I don't know, something about Cody Rhodes is just like, eh, I don't know if he can really be the, the guy. Plus, he's like, what, in his mid-30s? Can he really, can he really, t- um, can he really be the long-term face of WWE? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sure, he can cut. He, he's a good mic worker, but it's like, he kind of like drags on. He kind of like rambles. It's, you know, kind of like like YouTubers like me, like podcasters like me. So, I don't know. I don't know. He's he's the guy, but I mean, it could, there's always worse picks. But the, the good thing I liked about this match, though, was like, you know, there's a lot. There's some storytelling. There's some. There's some storylines, past and present, um, it touched on. You know, like the Sheamus and Kufter, um stuff from Clash at the Castle, and potentially setting up for a triple threat Intercontinental Championship match between Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Gunther, um, aka Walter, from uh, at WrestleMania, and then at, continuing that Edge versus the Judgment Day uh, stuff. Um, which will probably maybe be a WrestleMania feud or maybe just be something for the next pay-per-view. And then, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, again, not the worst Royal Rumble uh, match ever, but, I mean, just le- it just leaves a lot of questions, especially for Cody, um, considering what, what would happen at night's end. So, okay, Royal Rumble. I mean, not going to complain a lot. Um with Cody winning, I mean, he's already decided he's going to challenge Roman Reigns because, well, he's the only world champion. <laughs> what was he going to do? Challenge Braun Breaker at Stand and Deliver? <laughs> no. No. He's going to challenge Roman Reigns. Um, the key the key thing was, was he going to say, oh, I'm going to take the WWE Championship from Roman Reigns? No, he actually said the undisputed WWE Championship from uh, Roman Reigns on the next night on Raw. So, yeah, there you go. You got your main event um, for WrestleMania. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Championship. Um, the question was, um, obviously, the night prior, was Roman Reigns going to actually be the undisputed champion by night's end? Tune in the next couple minutes to find out um, my thoughts on that. So next up, we had the, uh, this pick, pitch black match between... Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight and Mountain Dew? Like, what? <laughs> okay. So, 
I don't know, like for the people watching, were you expecting a totally different match? Like, were you expecting like a totally pitch black or like a blackout match? Because like, I, I kind of feel like if you did, I kind of feel sorry for you. Or maybe your expectations were too high, but it's like, damn. This, what what the hell, what the frick was this match? Because what you ended up getting was like this glow in the dark, neon lights up your ass filled with Mountain Dew sponsorships. This is just like a sponsorship match. Like, why did Bray Wyatt sign up for this? Like, why did LA Knight even sign up for this? Because this was, this was, I don't know, this was pretty bad. This is, this is pretty bad. All, all this was, was like a no disqualification match. Just was like, just with Mountain Dew. Like, glow in the dark, Mountain Dew. That was it. Bray Wyatt, like, basically no sold all of LA Knight's offense. Like, even, like, through an announcer's table. Bray Wyatt immediately, quickly got up. He ended up winning with Sister Abigail um, and won the match um, in like a couple minutes, not in less than 10 minutes, and then chased around LA Knight um, to flick some more pain on him. LA Knight hit him with the lightsaber kendo stick. But yeah, Bray Wyatt knocked him out with the mandible claw. And then here comes Uncle Howdy up on the rafters, wherever they are. And then when he went to do the. Uh, when he went to do the freaking uh, trust fall jump off the rafters, he completely missed him. <laughs> what, the, what the hell? Like, he, he completely missed time to jump. Maybe he, like, dove, like, too too hard, like, with his feet. He used his knees too much, and then that that's what caused him to, like, completely miss, miss time to jump. Like, maybe he he should have, like, jump, jumped a little and then turned his body. It was like... He did. He overdid the jump. Like my my lord. <laughs> but either way, it's like, what the hell was this match? Like, what? I don't know. It may, did people expect a lot? Like, I don't know. I didn't, again, I didn't watch a lot of this feud, and you know that's maybe that's a follow me. But how is anyone supposed to believe in this new version of Bray Wyatt is going to be anything scary or threatening? And how long has he been? How long has he been back? Like, like what? Three, four, five months? I don't. I don't know. Because when I look at Bray Wyatt, like all these highlights, it's just like it, it's nothing. It's nothing special. It really is it? And yeah, some people are saying, "Oh, he's slow burning it," but I just don't see it. I I really don't see it yet. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe if they do like. Something crazier. I I I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm just not seeing it right now. Maybe if they did like an Inferno or a Firefly Funhouse match. I don't know. Maybe it would have been different, like a different like a different thought process for me. But either way, I'm not seeing it. Then we had the Raw Women's Championship match between Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. Um, apparently this feud began after Survivor Series because well, Alexa Bliss started seeing visions of Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. Uh, wherever she went, and then it reached a fever pitch when uh, Alexa uh, started attacking Bianca, and their friendship became over. Um, and yeah, this match was well a piss break. This nobody cared, not even the crowd. Uh, apparently, from what people were saying, and when they were attending in person, people 
Didn't give a shit. They went to go use the restroom. Uh, so Bianca won, reversing uh, Alexa Bliss's attempts to try out Bray Wright's move like the Mandible Claw and Sister Abigail. Bianca hit the KOD, won the match, and after the replay, she was already out of the ring. And post-match, a video package aired of Alexa Bliss's previous time with Bray Wyatt. So this pretty much entails that she's eventually going to go back to her old gimmick of, well, you know, whatever she was when she was in the Firefly Funhouse. So, I don't know. I mean, some people would rather have uh, Alexa, the golden goddess, uh, back for reasons. You know, reasons, you know, you know if you know. Uh, but, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Alexa Bliss is, you don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, I don't know. The the Firefly Funhouse stuff she did back then, I mean, it was all right. It was all right. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just can't care enough either way. As for Bianca Belair, it's like, does anyone really care for her? Like, does anyone really? Because... When when she was at WrestleMania, like last year, it was like, oh man. It, it was like, sure, she's 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 a lot athletic. She she has she she she's like one of the one one of the women that doesn't botch that much, but she's like, does anyone really care about Bianca in terms of like her gimmick, her 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 personality, her charisma? Because I feel like. Watching that match and the, the entrances, it seems like her popularity and momentum with casual fans, it, it's just really, it looks really cooled off in the last year. I feel like nobody in that crowd gave a shit. Not even the, the hardcore fans gave a shit. Because, and I don't know, man. I just see like a lot of rinse and replete of Bianca. It's just like, you. You wanna do it? You wanna fight? You want? You wanna? You wanna go right now? Oh, let's go right now because I'm the EST. Like when I was at Raw a couple months ago in San Jose, it was just like let's fight. You wanna? You're gonna get that ass whooping because I'm the EST. Oh yeah! Whoa! I whip my hair back and forth. Like I, I, I literally don't see the appeal of Bianca Belair. What does the EST even mean? I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. What is the EST? Why is she, why is she the EST? She's the... Yeah, she she's the bestest, the strongest. What does that mean? What does that mean? So, make it make sense. She, they, they still haven't made the EST make sense. So anyway, it's, it's not being you know, the you-know-what word. The, the S-E-X-I-S-T word. It's being honest. Like, what are your man or woman in in pro wrestling? Make your gimmick, make your character make sense. Ah, oh, man, that got me heated. So anyway, speaking of the the s the the s a i the s e x i s t or whatever word, this woman's Royal Rumble match. Oh man, boy, do I have a lot to say about this match. So. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan started the match out um, as the first two competitors. I mean, really weird that Liv Morgan, you know, for all she said about starting out number one, wanting to start out number one, <laughs> have her start as number two because, well, they want Rhea Ripley to start out number one. Yeah, the cock the cock Yeah, 
you, you know, you know, the, the Geno Smith, P. Carroll-esque, the caca, the caca. Yeah, the Seattle, you know what? Uh, because well, they have a former teammate. They were a team um, last year going into WrestleMania, so um, they started the match. Uh, Bailey entered at number six, almost got eliminated like right away um, by Liv Morgan um, after she hit her finisher. And I guess they botched the elimination spot though. That was, that was kind of <laughs> kind of funny though. Uh, Roxanne Perez, Roxy entered at number nine, so. Roxy, though, oh my lord, oh my lord, Jesus, she's so, you know, you know. Uh, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai entered uh, at number 10 and 11, um, I, I don't know if I got the num- numbers wrong, but let me know if I did, and then Bailey's Splatoon Girls, they're still a thing, they're in full force, why is Bailey's Splatoon Girls still a thing, why are they still forcing that down our throats, oh my lord, um, Candice LeRae entered at number 12, um, but man, like, what is her, why is, why does she still have that, uh, Poison Pixie music? Like, how do I know that? <laughs> like, I don't even, ca- I don't even care to pay attention to, to, uh, like, Black and Gold NXT, but somehow, some way, I, I kind of recognize that, that theme music of Candice Array. So, all I, all I will say is that her heel music that he, u- that she used during the pandemic era of NXT does not fit as a babyface. She needs to go back to her babyface music because it does not fit right now. So anyway, Becky Lynch entered halfway through the match and immediately went after uh, Bailey and her Splatoon girls because of what happened on the on the Raw 30th anniversary episode uh, six uh, five days prior, five six days prior. Um, because well, they are supposed to have a steel cage match, but then uh, Bailey and her Splatoon girls uh, attacked her, locked her, locked themselves up in the cage. And had a full-on assault. Um, Asuka made a return at number 17. And not only did she make a return. Debuted new music. And went back to her darker Japanese days. Um, with new face paint. So she actually looked pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, looked faster. Hit stronger. More aggressive. Um, don't know if she'll be a face. Heel. Um, looked pretty damn cool. Um, Dodrop made a return at, uh, at number 18. Um, and came back to her original name, Piper Niven. So, for all of you excited about um, the return of Piper Niven, like Corey Graves and Pat McAfee were. Oh, yeah, Pat McAfee came back. Uh, so, I'm really happy that he did. Um, I definitely missed uh, hearing him every Friday night um, whenever I tuned in to SmackDown. <laughs> Very occasionally. But Pat McAfee, good to hear him on commentary again. But not... In this particular moment, when him and Corey Graves were like having a little too much fun uh, with Hyper Nevin's previous, now previous Doe Drop name, because yeah, those Doe Drop puns were, uh, uh, yeah, pretty annoying. Uh, Chelsea Green, who was released in, I think, 2021, was it? Uh, returned at number 20, but was immediately eliminated by Rhea Ripley in less than five seconds. And yeah, Santino Morales, one second record, remains unbeaten. So. They could suck on that. And then right after, Becky Lynch eliminated Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, or Io Sky, whatever her name is. But Becky, uh, Becky got eliminated by Bailey, uh, who would then get eliminated by Liv Morgan. And then Becky and Bailey's Splatoon girls would fight through the crowd right after. So back to the match. Uh, Michelle Bacool, who was front row um, all night long, 
Entered the match at number 25. Like, he's like, damn. <laughs> that was kind of surprising. Uh, but, man, uh, she's kind of like slugging along um, in that match. So maybe she was in street clothes or maybe she's kind of lost a step or two. I don't know. But either way, respect for Michelle. But cool. Uh, Nikki Cross returned, uh, um, entered the match at number 29. <laughs> it's kind of funny how she, I mean, I'm not a Nikki Cross fan by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but it was kind of funny how she, like, uh, did her injury. She was, like, not, kind of Naruto running, like, supersonic speed, uh, to the ring. And when you play it at, like, the, the video speed at, like, two, two times or maybe even three times speed, it, it looks pretty funny. She, it looks like she's drugged out of her mind, like, running to the ring, like, she she's like Sanic the Hedgehog, like Sanic the meme Hedgehog's like, uh, uh, uh. like my lord. <laughs> it's just, it was just like one of the one of the weird moments of the of the night. And then at number thirty, number thirty of this woman drawing rumble. <laughs> I was just laughing because of how much I knew people were gonna hate hate this. The internet wrestling community's most hated women's wrestler, besides Charlotte Flair, returned to the WWE. I'm not like most trash. Oh, yes, I'm trashy. My name's Nia Jax. Yeah, Nia Jax. Everyone's most hated wrestler besides Charlotte Flair came back to the WWE. And what makes it even funnier is that they botched the countdown. They played their music before the countdown. Oh my god. So it came off as either it wasn't even a surprise anymore, or she hijacked uh hijacked the prompter, so it's like fuck you. I'm not waiting till the 10, 9, 8, 7. I'm coming out now. I'm coming out now. So either way, because she was so hated by the by both the IWC and the wrestlers in the ring. Not in real, I'm not sure about in real life, though. They went after her, um, ganged up on her, and eliminated her in two minutes. So, yeah. Nia Jax made her return. I'm not sure if it's full-time in WWE, but, yeah. I guess, at least for now, one time only. So, the final three came down to Liv Morgan, Asuka, and Rhea Ripley. Um, Rhea would eventually go on to win the match. Um... I thought it was going to be Liv Morgan. It would have been nice, so nice to have Liv Morgan win the match even for as eh, she is. But goddamn, she is. Oh, yeah. So Asuka ac accidentally sprayed some green mist into Liv Morgan, which was meant for Rhea Ripley. But then Rhea eliminated Asuka after that fact. And then Rhea almost got eliminated. Um, but Rhea eventually eliminated Liv Morgan to win the Women's Royal Rumble. So, yeah. Rhea's going on to WrestleMania to face uh, whoever she wants to face. Well, I will say this. Hide your kids when Rhea Ripley goes to Hollywood to face, well, we all know by now, it's going to be Charlotte Flair. It's going to be Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I will say this about Rhea Ripley. Um, if you ask if Rhea Ripley was, you know, presentable, like maybe, um, you know, two... Or even three years ago, I was saying, hell yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Rhea Ripley actually is presentable. But now, oh, I don't know about mainstream. I don't know about that, pal. Mainstream potential? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. 
So, and, you know, this not being the, the S word, this not being me the S or the M word in terms of the, the whamming. It's just, like, damn. Like, I mean, you, you can do whatever you want with your, you, you know what, your, 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 your body. Like, you know, getting all those tattoos, you know, getting the muscles and all that. But it's just like, it, it is just, it is just not... I don't know. It's just my personal taste. It, okay, it's just my personal taste. I'm just being, I'm just being honest here. I'm just letting my my feelings go out. Okay, it's been a long week. It's honestly been a long week. And this Royal Rumble, like in the middle of this long week at the time, was just draining. It was absolutely draining. And Rhea didn't. It is just oh god. But as for this women's rumble, and again, not being, you know what, it was pretty botchy. But not as botchy as past women's Royal Rumbles, but still pretty botchy. Good amount of times where um, they couldn't hit, like, simple and big moves cleanly. Uh, Rhea Ripley almost botched the uh, riptide on uh, Nia Jax. Maybe she just lost, lost her collective breath, but, I mean, it is what it is. And then, like I said, why is damage control... Still a thing. Why are they forcing it down their throats? Nobody gave a shit. Nobody gave a shit in San Jose. Like when, yeah, even in Bailey's hometown, nobody cared about Bailey's platoon girls. Like nobody cared to get up and give a slam down on Bailey's platoon girls. Like they were spotlighted for half of the match and eliminate a quarter of the field. Like nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit about Dakota Kai and Io Shirai on the main roster. Like, who cares? They keep getting forced down our throats. Like, have they explained the whole reason why Damage Control is a group on the main roster? Like, why do they exist? Why, like, why does Damage Control exist? I, I, I really don't get it. Why, why are they not split up? Why, why is Bailey, like, for as much as I am neutral towards her, why is she not... Is a singles competitor. Why? Why? Uh, uh, going back to this match, um, the crowd was not into it uh, most of this because, well, I guess they were drained from the men's rumble and, well, they were just bored out of their minds from the other two matches. Um, but they at least got excited for the final three. Um, that was because, well, there were a few viable candidates to win. Um, but it also showed a big gaping hole of where the women's roster is. Um, in terms of star power and even the supporting cast. And it just goes to show that, well, WWE still wants to promote this women's revolution crap when it hasn't done anything other than being forced down everybody's throats for over seven years now. It's like, has it done anything in the casual fans' perspective other than, well, a okay-ish main event where people were really tired out of their minds after, a, what, an eight-hour show? In 2019, yeah, y'all remember that at WrestleMania 35, that one, that eight-hour long show that could have been cut down by a, a three-fourths. Yeah, the answer. On side note, the answer wasn't was not a two two-night WrestleMania, one night, four hours, best of the best. So anyway, overall, this Roman Royal Rumble was boring. I'm not surprised that uh, Rhea Ripley won it because, well, 
honestly, there was no one else aside from, you know, Liv Morgan. Like, oh, but still, she had her time uh, with the SmackDown title. Um, and honestly, yeah, I guess she didn't really improve much, which is kind of sad. Um, but yeah, Rhea, not exactly the most marketable winner. Um, and not exactly the most, uh, there's no winner, especially considering that, yeah, you know, for, for all the, the talk that people had about, oh, Rhea's going to face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. They're booking Rhea and Charlotte again at Mania. And now there's also the possibility that Charlotte wins. Lol. <laughs> oh man, I'm on a fever pitch today, ladies and gentlemen. I am on a fever pitch because, man, this Royal Rumble is really, was really getting on my uh, last nerves on on that Saturday um, because of how so boring it was. But then we finally got to the main event. We finally got to the main event of this Royal Rumble. We are finally going to get to know the answers to the biggest storyline in WWE, the best storyline that pro wrestling has right now. Like, no questions. Like, this is how you tell a story. With proper story arcs. Proper character development. Like, this is how wrestling should be. This is how sports entertainment... Pro wrestling and sports entertainment are the exact same thing. And It's not a sport. There are sports aspects in an entertaining manner. So anyway, I need to stop rambling. So the real reason why people wanted to see the Royal Rumble were its two biggest questions that were about to be answered. What was the the bloodline going to do with Sami Zayn? What was Sami Zayn going to do with the bloodline? And most importantly, since it, he didn't show up um, in the, the Royal Rumble match, was The Rock going to show up and confront Roman Reigns? Whether it is like during the match or after the match, which made this placement in, in the card really interesting because, you know, this world title match was in the main event and now it, yeah, now it made it even more interesting to answer these questions. So when this match was going to main event, something big was going to go down is going to go down for real. So as for the match itself, um, it was, it was nothing to write home about. Um, it was just a standard singles match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Um, I mean, we've seen it, like, countless times. I think we've seen it at, what, two Royal Rumbles before? The last man standing match in 2021, and then 2017, I think, with KO and Reigns, with Jer Chris Jericho in the shark cage above. Uh, yeah. But it was, like, the lead-up throughout the night with... The bloodline and Sammy, because like when the show started, uh, Roman Reigns uh, wanted just Sammy Zayn and Sammy Zayn only, no Usos, no Sola Sokoa, just him, Sammy Zayn, and Paul Heyman by his side, because Roman Reigns wanted Sammy Zayn to only accompany him in the ring as his final test to prove his loyalty to the bloodline, and then during each pivotal moment of the match, like the referee being out. Roman Reigns dick punching Kevin Owens. Uh, he told Sami Zayn with the referee down, get a chair. And yeah, he did that. But there was a lot of hesitation by Sami Zayn. It was like, oh boy, he is really pissing off the tribal chief. Like, 
Rain, uh, Sami Zayn's noticing that. I don't know, man. I don't know what like I don't know what's about to go down. Is really worth staying in the bloodline. Like I'm really starting to think about my friend. So that starts to come into play even more when you get to the last stages of this match. Kevin Owens uh, rolls out of the ring after a second spear, and Sami Zayn's telling him, "Like, just stay down." Get out of this match. You, you need to stay down, dude. And then Roman Reigns spears him into the barricade. And then Reigns just, just snaps. He, After Owens gets near the steel steps, Roman Reigns just bam, bam, bam. Slams his head into the ring steps. And then in response to getting slapped, spears him to retain the title. So just when you think... That it was all over. Sami Zayn proved his loyalty. Uh, Jay Uso was about to uh, coordinate him into the bloodline with like flowers and stuff with the lay. Roman Reigns stopped him. He's like, no, no, no. There's one last thing you got to do to prove your loyalty to the bloodline. So what began was, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. So... What began was a brutal beatdown on Kevin Owens by handcuffing him to the ring ropes. The Usos beat him down with super kicks. Still the Sokoa. Samoan spiked him. And yeah, they handcuffed him. Um, and super, the Usos super kicked him repeatedly. KO was defenseless. Roman Reigns grabbed the chair. He was about to uh, rip Kevin Owens' head off, make him bleed. Uh, uh, implying that he's going to hit him with the chair in the head. But Sami Zayn stepped in his way. Said, no, don't do this. Don't do this. It's been, it, if you do this, it would be beneath you. And that reached an angry point in Roman Reigns. He's like, you don't want me to do this? Fine. You do it. You do it. You want to you wanna prove yourself to me? You want to prove that you want to be with the bloodline? Do it. Do it. He was like the Emperor Palpatine to, to uh, Sami Zayn's Anakin. Except for Sami Zayn, he didn't want to do it. He was There was a lot of berating from Roman. And Sami Zayn, after a lot of compilation, uh, uh, what's the word? Like thinking. I'll just use thinking because compilation is like a big word. <laughs> I just can't think of it right now. So after a lot of thinking, he seemed to have finally reached a breaking point. Out of conflict, instead of hitting his his once best friend, or maybe is still his best friend, he instead hits the tribal chief. He hits Roman Reigns with the chair. Everyone's standing up out of their seat like, yeah, yeah. He did it. He finally did it. Everyone in the ring is stunned. Jey Uso is heartbroken. The Roman Reigns hit in the back of the chair yet again. Just like in 2014 when Seth Rollins destroyed the shield. The entire bloodline felt betrayed. Jey Uso heartbroken. And all of them except for Jey beat him down. And as they were beating him down, Jey Uso left. They, they were upset by Jey leaving, but hey... They went on to kick Sami Zayn out of the bloodline, beat him down mercilessly, brutally, and 
That's how they closed the show. Sami Zayn, no longer an honorary oos. More so, a dishonorary one. My man. My lord. This was so damn good. <laughs> so damn good. Like, like almost, what was it, eight, nine months of, of storytelling um, with this group. Like, it was so, it was amazing. Like, the bloodline, yeah, there's there's a little bit of reason for people thinking, like, man, this group is, yeah, it was, it was starting to get a little redundant. But then Sami Zayn came along, um, put some ignition into the group, like, by, by wanting to be a, a part of it, by wanting to prove himself, um, after getting embarrassed by Johnny Knoxville at last year's WrestleMania. And, yeah, they had every reason to not take him seriously. But when he wanted to earn the trust of, of the bloodline by helping them out, well, they let him in as the honorary oost. So uh, they eventually, he eventually earned that trust from everyone except Roman Reigns. Um, so he eventually kind of earned that trust in, in Roman at, the, at War Games, um, betraying his once best friend, Kevin Owens um, in that match. And then, yeah, literally a month and a half later, it all went breaking down. Not just from the KO stuff, but his growing popularity with uh, with the fan base and, yeah, just the lack of appearances from Roman Reigns. Roman was, since Roman was not there enough, Sami Zayn was the, the leading man of that group. And I guess that made Roman jealous, especially when he said, you trying to be me? You trying to be me? You want to leave the bloodline, huh? You want to be the tribal chief? So, yeah. As such, WWE did a really damn good job writing the plot of Roman testing Sami Zayn to see if he'd rather be loyal to the bloodline or be loyal to his former best friend that has always backstabbed him. Um, in the end, Sami Zayn, maybe maybe it was choosing his best friend, or his former best friend that he's always backstabbed, <clears throat> or maybe it was out of conflict. But, man, I don't know where it goes from here, to be honest with you. It, it can go anywhere, whether it's a main event match in Sami Zayn's hometown of Montreal at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, um, or I don't know, I don't know where it goes from here after that. But given that Roman Reigns is likely going to retain, it just kind of sucks that um, Sami Zayn is going to be reduced to a uh, tag team reunion with uh, Kevin Owens, Sami KO, going up against the Usos. I imagine Jey Uso is going to betray him, uh, Sami, at Elimination Chamber. And they're going to, the Usos and Sami KO are going to face each other at WrestleMania for the tag team titles. That's just. Uh, I don't know. It just feels like a downstep um, from there. But, I don't know. Kind of bring some closure um, to the whole story. But the follow-up after that is just like, well, Sami Zayn and KO are just going to be, like, you know, buddy-buddy again. And that's that. So, I mean, at least this climax, this end, this, like, I think it's going to be the real ending to 
this whole honorary ooze bloodline uh story i think it is it's at least this is the real ending until we get to see what's to come next because damn this is so good like the payoff like if, if sammy's ain't gonna turn on the bloodline is what what are they gonna do and he did it was just that damn good so overall um aside from the ending this show was flat this show was uh, so so boring like the men's Royal Rumble was just okay i mean at least um there it was storyline driven but god the women's Royal Rumble like you ha you had to play that shit on on like two times speed and still there's still nothing going on i mean it was kind of predictable too i mean everyone knew Cody Rhodes was going to win um again i say i say this i stand by this it would have been better if they just left it as a surprise. I mean, sure, that still would have been predictable. But hey, at least it would have garnered a better reaction than the one that he got um, on that Saturday night. And as for Rhea Ripley, uh, yeah, hide your kids if you're going there. Um, and if you live locally, yeah, hide them. Hide them. Um, and uh, yeah, the ending. Like, man, if you ever want to go back, do a retro review. Or like just do a retrospective of this bloodline uh group, you gotta look back at Sami Zayn's involvement. Like this literally was the only story worth talking about in pro wrestling overall because it's just been so well done in the last year. Um, because of how Sami Zayn brought like relevance, uh charisma, and and is is presentability was just that damn good reigns dominated uh with the WWE title and the usos also claim undisputed gold and then Sami Zayn added like uh wittiness to the group it just further amplified the group to even stronger heights again it's just unfortunate that for as good as an ending it had with Sami Zayn at the, the royal rumble i don't know i'm not sure if the follow-up will be as strong but i mean we'll see it's all it's not even SmackDown yet. Um and not even Elimination Chamber yet. We'll see. Hey, at least I'm wanting to tune in to the next episode of SmackDown. Now, it leaves me a couple of questions though. Um I guess um are we gonna get the Rock at WrestleMania? Are are they gonna do that match between Roman Reigns and The Rock? There's like conflicting reports that The Rock may or may not may not do WrestleMania. He's just he's gonna Leave the door open for doing WrestleMania next year in Philadelphia. Like, really? I don't know. It seems like a slippery slope because if you you were gonna do The Rock versus Roman Reigns, this was the time to do it in Hollywood. Um, you know where The Rock or Dwayne The Rock Johnson really thrives, especially in acting. You know. I don't know if you want really want to pass that up. I mean, sure, The Rock um, was like initially from like uh, reports that he was concerned about getting it ready in time to be in ring shape. So I'm not sure about I'm not sure if wrestling wrestling in Philadelphia next year. I mean, it's not me sliding because you know the, the 49ers just lost. But I don't know. I don't know. Sure, if it's um people will really care by that time um, for a tribal chief versus Rocky match. 
at that point. We don't know how hot um, the head of the table storyline will be. Um, and even then, if the match between The Rock versus Roman Reigns would happen at this WrestleMania, how is it going to come to a point where, um, how would they build that up? Um, and I know this sounds con uh, contradictory, but yeah, you, you do have those points of how they're going to build out that match with The Rock and Roman Reigns um, when you have still have Sami Zayn and, and Roman Reigns um, for their business to um, continue maybe after Elimination Chamber. And then you also have to consider um, that for as mid as he is, Cody Rhodes just won the Royal Rumble. And he is he does have that official match against Roman at WrestleMania. So how do you do it? How how are you gonna how how would you do it if you're the WWE? And if you, you somehow, some way manage to get the rock um in the next couple weeks, how would you find a way to get him on the show and get that main event match that you absolutely need to have for this WrestleMania? That honestly should have been ready to go between The Rock and Roman Reigns. So, a lot of things to think about. So, overall, I mean, I th I still like the ending. And it just leaves a couple questions worth monitoring um, going into the road to WrestleMania. So, I'll leave it at that. Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on this Royal Rumble. Um, I know, laid out of date, but, I mean, there were more important things like conference championship weekend um, to talk about. So, I'd like to know your thoughts about the Royal Rumble, both the men's and the women's, and that insane ending to the to the pay-per-view. I'd like to know your thoughts about the event in however, however you can, whether it's comments on YouTube or on social media at Dylan Lasagna on Twitter and Instagram. But anyway, that's it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. I am your filthy casual host, Dylan Lasagna. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 127 of this icy yet spicy podcast. And until next time, peace out.